we start another week of the Tom Kearney Show live and in real-time radio right here on WPTF every night, Monday through Friday from 9 until 10 with programs we hope uh, edify and entertain. And some time ago I thought, well, you know, one of the things that, that, that may be good to do, we've tried a lot of different formats, a lot of different things trying to, to find what people are interested in is to make sure we have at least one night where we have open phones. And I started doing some programs three or four years ago, uh, which I called nostalgia programs, and they were recalling uh, things in the past that may have brought pleasant or perhaps even unpleasant memories. We started off by talking about telephones. And in fact, last week we talked about hamburgers and the, 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 when the, the first uh, chain hamburger store appeared in your town. And, and we talked a lot about my hometown of Goldsboro and, and the Hardys that showed up there in 1961. Uh, and tonight we are going to talk again, and we're going to talk about a, one of my favorite times of my whole life, and I have lived a fairly long time now, but when I was uh, still uh, in grade school, still uh, in junior high and even into high school, and uh, when Saturday morning, and here's a word I don't like to use, except in the, when it's really an icon, because there are a lot of things that are called iconic these days that are not. But it did become an iconic time in my week. It was kind of like church was for a very a church person. And, you know, we'd go to church on Sunday. But on Saturday morning, uh, when I was small, we went to the movies. In fact, uh, uh, there's a John, found, we did this something like this one time, and John found a, uh, uh, there's a couple of songs about uh uh, the coasters of somebody to, uh, chase, going to see the cowboy movies and everything, and that's part of what this was about and so on. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. But this program is not designed to be a monologue for me. It can be, and we're going to fill up the time one way or the other. That's, that's, that's our obligation. But the ideal is to draw you out and get you to be a part of the story and to tell your story. Storytelling is a something that people have done since time immemorial, where they would sit around the campfire, and we have our kind of imaginary campfire here, glowing tubes of WPTF, and we can tell stories about uh, interesting days when you went to the movies. Same topic, but it's your story instead of mine. Now, I'm going to tell some of my stories, but this only works if you participate, so don't be bashful. One guy called up one night many years ago. This is probably 25 years ago. And we were talking about movie theaters in Raleigh. And he used to go to a movie theater that was downtown off of Fayetteville Street. I think it was on a cross street or on an alley. You went up, uh, I think, on the outside of the building, and it showed B-movies. It showed cowboy movies. And he said that uh, it was, what, what? See, you can tell your story, your version of this story. That's why I'm, I'm practicing on you now. He said that it was known as a three-stick movie. And I said, well, what, what's that? And he said, well, you... You took in three sticks, and two of them you used to, to uh, it was a real old theater, you know, none of this modern swivel seat stuff, uh, fixed to chairs, but you put, put two of the sticks to hold the seat up, which was probably broken, and one of them you used to beat the rodents off, he said. Now, I hope that didn't really happen, but that's his story, and that's what I'm, I'm looking for. You can tell, you don't have to make up one, you can tell a, a real story, and I'm going to try to tell you one or two real stories about going to the movies and when I was a kid and how much that meant to me. It meant, meant more than it does now. I 
because it's become a kind of a different thing. But over the years, it has changed. And this is in the period about the time that, well, one of the biggest times for American movies was between 1945 and 1955, the period right after the war, because at the end of the war, people were turned loose with a lot of money and they wanted entertainment, and there was no such thing as television. There was radio, but there was no such thing as television. So there they went, and bookings for movies and the number of people going were about twice as much as they had been for most years in the present time. Because going to the movies then was kind of like television. And some theaters, Hollywood turned out a lot of pictures. A pictures, B pictures, a lot of fodder, a lot of things, movies to, to show. And sometimes movie theaters would change the, the billing. Now some movie theaters show a movie one, two, three, four weeks, whatever. Uh, then uh, most theaters uh, uh, would, would change the bill at least once a week, and some changed it two or three times. So going to the movie, you could go to the movie on Tuesday night, on Thursday night, and on Saturday night. Uh, and that was that was a source of enter- entertainment. There were not as many things to do in a town like, well, my hometown, or in a small town. Even in large towns, the movies were a big deal, and they continued to be a big deal. It was thought that uh, when TV came along, eventually, that it would kill off movies. Well, it, it, it hasn't. Other things may eventually kill them off, and you know that during the past uh, six months, uh, we've talked about on this program the, the status of the movies uh, after the pandemic. And my brother Stephen, who's interested in the entertainment industry, has kept us up on that. But let's talk about Tom Kearney and his ilk, some of his conchos going to the movies. My sister and I went to the movies a lot. My mother loved movies, and she made uh, kind of a pilgrimage downtown and walked around to the different shops. Goldsboro was about uh, five blocks square around. It's to the town, had about 25,000 people, and most of the shopping, there weren't really shopping centers then. The shopping was all downtown. Like at one time, Raleigh shopped on Fayetteville Street and uh, uh, Salisbury Street. And the one other street over, and I can't think of the name of it now. But uh, but in any event, it was kind of, in fact, it was known as the main street of eastern North Carolina. But most of the towns like Wilson and Rocky Mount and Goldsboro and Kinston and so on were uh, not very large. And as I say, Goldsboro had about 25,000 people. It had three movie theaters for white people and one for black people. And I never, I, I never went to the Black Theater. Of course, that's the incident that it shows that it was another time and another place. One of the theaters that I went to, and in fact, it was the one that I went to most, uh, was uh, uh, a theater that both races could attend, and we might as well just face that. Uh, uh, and and the, the white people went downstairs, and the black people went upstairs and watch the movies, but they were mostly uh, low A movies or B movies. A lot of them were cowboy pictures and adventures, and, and there was a sphere across the street that would, would have shown 35-millimeter uh, movies like The Sound of Music and uh, Lawrence of Arabia and things like that. In fact, that theater is still in Goldsboro. It's not a movie theater. It, it halfway burned a few years ago, and they put it back together, and it uh, is a place where live acts go and, and uh, theater productions and so on, and it's a very 
nice thing for the town now. The movie theater that I used to go into uh, was torn down long ago, long ago. But my mother liked to go to see the movies, and I probably went to a fair number of adult movies, adult westerns. I don't mean X-rated. I don't even mean R-rated. I mean with the big movie stars. She loved Hollywood stars, and that was uh, her one of her ways of uh, escaping into another world. And she and she absolutely loved uh, her, her fellow North Carolinian who was about her age, named Ava Gardner, who was, of course, from Smithfield, North Carolina, and who was the star of a lot of, of movies. But uh, uh, so my sister and I, who were small, we were six and seven, then we were eight and nine and ten. I think I probably started going to the movie by myself probably when I was about ten, uh, because I went when it was nine cents to go to the movie. That's how much it cost to go to the movie. And the reason it was nine cents is if it was nine cents, they didn't have to charge tax. If they charged ten cents, they would have had to charge a penny tax. And uh, it was just not worth it for the trouble. Uh, when I eventually got to be 11 or 12 or somehow, the movies went up and it cost a quarter to go to movies then. But my mother would li- wouldn't let my sister and I go downtown and we would eat at a, a diner and uh, two hot dogs for a quarter. And uh, and uh, popcorn cost 10, 10 cents. And we would go to see mostly cowboy westerns, B-movies. Uh, and I'm going to ask you one of the things you can bring with you is your, your favorite cowboy. In the in the A-western kind of cowboys, I like Gene Autry and I like Randolph Scott. My sister liked Roy Rogers. I'm not real sure why. But uh, uh, B-westerns. We had Lash LaRue and Whip Wilson and Wild Bill Elliott. And one that I particularly liked was uh, a guy who was like the Lone Ranger. He had a, a mask that he wore, and occasionally he came out and solved uh, the mystery and got the bad guys, and he was known as the Durango Kid. And we're not going to have a trivia program tonight, but we will have a few trivia questions. And one of the ways that, that I can get you to participate in this, I hope, is asking you to call me and tell me, what was the name of the actor that played the Durango Kid? Somebody out there knows. But I'd like your story of your going, if you went to the movies. I wonder sometimes, my wife, for instance, said growing up, rarely went to movies. Uh, she lived in a smaller town. It had movies. But I lived in a town in Virginia that had a theater. It was in a Quonset hut when I, when I got my first job. And they showed usually a double feature on Saturday and can't remember if they showed movies on Sunday, but they were not great movies. But I did go one time to see uh, uh, a movie that I particularly wanted to see, and I'm trying to think of the name of it now. Uh, it's the the movie that the song "More" is Mondo Connie. It was an Italian movie, and it, it's a movie that actually had a lot of effect on me. I learned a lot from that movie. Cultural relativism is what I learned from that movie. And we can talk about that if you're interested, but you'll have to call up and say, Tom, let's talk about Mondo Connie. A friend of mine at the radio station gave me a copy of it a number of years ago, and I've watched it once, but I'm, I'm glad I've got the copy. But uh, the song more that Andy Williams made uh, a hit out of uh, was the music. They did. I don't know if they had the song in the movie. I don't think they had the words. They just had the music, great music. But we're going to talk about going to the movies as a ritual, as a part of your your childhood. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, my, one of my best friends, my 
I, I think he's my soul brother, Walker Nolan, who calls this program. In case who lives in the D.C. area, told me it was a cultural touchstone, and I thought, yep, he got the right words there. So, uh, what, what was the cultural touchstone in your life? So let's let's have a live program tonight, and tonight, and let's not be bashful. Let's call up and, and play and talk with Tom on WPTF right after this. Take the Don't be bashful, uh, as my Baptist friends would say. Don't hide out in the cloakroom. Come on down to the front of the church and testify. And you do that here by pushing those buttons and getting on the phone and say, Tom, when I used to go to the movies, you could only go if you were barefooted or some, whatever whatever your story is. There's probably something funny. I've heard several funny stories over the years because we've done something like this before. When you We've been doing this program a long time. And... Uh, this is one of the things that people usually take to. Don tells me the guy's name is Larry. Larry, good evening. You're on WPTF. Hey, Tom. How you doing? I hope you're well. I, I am. I am. I am, sir. That's, that's good. I hope you are, too. I'm doing good for 82 years old. But uh, I grew up in Clayton, and uh, one of the, some of the best times I had were on Saturday morning. My mother would give me a quarter, and we'd go to the theater. They had a theater in Clayton at the time. And uh, they always had a Western, uh, a serial, a cartoon, and sometimes they had a movie tone news. I mean, so you got your money's worth for a quarter, get in for a dime, and uh, popcorn was a dime, and a drink was a nickel. So uh, that used up 25 cents, cent, but uh, it was well, it was a good bargain. But well, let me, let me, the, uh, let me say. Kid, I had to call because he was absolutely my favorite. And, uh, Who was that? Now, to go back, because I, I was. I, I was talking. And I'm, Durango I'm Kid. Durango Kid. Who was the uh, actor? Do you know? Charles Starrett. You got it, Charles Starrett. Yeah, he was supposed to be the my favorite, favorite one. Uh, and he he wasn't. Uh, he didn't. He didn't make a lot of movies. You know, compared to uh, other uh, stars, uh, Gene Autry and Roy Rogers. But uh, uh, I used to look forward when I knew they were going to have a Charles. I mean, a Durango Kid movie. And another one of my favorites, Sunset Carson. Do uh, you remember him? Oh, I do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I was going to tell you, though, uh, that uh, some I read today said that, that Charles Starrett played the Durango Kid, where one guy played the same person, you know, in more movies. The, 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 the series was, was a long series, you know. He, yeah. He's I, in a lot of other movies. But, uh, but I don't know just, about that, but uh, I do remember uh, him playing that. And, uh, one of my favorites, and uh, and uh, like I can say some of the best times I had on Saturday morning in Clayton. So, uh, uh, well, I, that's why I, I, I really I don't make this up. I really kind of sit there some afternoons and kind of close my eyes and think back to times in life, my life. We could try to think up something to you know to talk about here that that I yeah. really enjoyed and would would if I had a time machine to sort of go back to and I, I really did it I look so forward to going down to that movie theater and doing oh, what yeah. you said. The only thing that's different from what you said was I uh, I had fifty cents and you you told us how to spend a quarter. Yeah. And I took the other quarter and bought two hot dogs. You could get oh, and, right. well, and, uh, I, I don't know if we had hot dogs in Clayton uh, but I didn't buy uh, all I had was a quarter on Saturday. But <laughs> um the uh I can't remember what my thought was, but anyway, that's what happened when I was 82. But anyway, um, I just wanted to call and let you know uh, about 
uh, Charles Starrett, the Durango Kid. So, uh, well, thank you so much. Uh, did you ever see Bill Elliott playing Red Rider? Oh, yeah, and the Little Beaver. The Little Beaver, yeah. Yeah, uh, played by uh, Robert... Robert uh, yeah, I can't think of it either, but I know who I you're talking about. I remember in a theater in Wilmington, uh, I saw Little Beaver, Robert... Uh, what was his name? He played uh, Beretta on, on TV when he grew up. And, uh, Robert he, Blake. He, he, Robert Blake, he played the guy that had the parrot, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the yeah. cockatoo or... Cockatoo whatever, or cockatoo, like whatever he was, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, no, uh, I just kept looking up the names of stars today, like Whip Wilson. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I remember uh, uh, Tex Ritter came oh, yeah, to yeah. Goldsboro and did, was, appeared on the stage. And there oh, used yeah. to be a guy named Dennis Rogers who wrote a column for the... He's an observer, and he lived. He grew up in Wilson, and he wrote a column about the day that Tex Ritter came. Well, oh. Tex Ritter had been in Goldsboro the day before. You know, he was making oh. the circuit and going around. Oh, and yeah. one day I was walking down the street in Goldsboro on Walnut Street, and there was Lash LaRue. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah he, he used to make, come around and make public appearances. Well, a, yeah. lot, of, a lot of those uh, B. Weston stars did. Uh, right. It's like yeah, I mentioned on Little Beaver, Robert Blake, he came around to a theater in Wilmington right. uh, when he was just a, little, a kid, you know, when he was, uh, I, I guess it was the only time he was really playing Little Beaver. And uh, people used to do that. And uh, uh, and it's great to see them. They don't do that anymore. Though, so. well, you, one more thing. We, we've got about a minute and a half before. I'm going to keep you for that before we need to go to the news. But anybody else that wants to call and tell us, that you're going to the movies on Saturday, cowboy movies or whatever else, uh, 919-860-9783. And, uh, but, Good uh, talking to you, Tom. Take care. Okay. Thank you, Larry. Uh, great show. And, Bye-bye. Um, and that's how it goes, uh, how much Larry enjoyed going to the, the movies and seeing the, the what we call B-Westerns. They, the A-Westerns probably were, well, the, the top... There were a lot of A-Westerns, and there's a lot of movies that you can still see. The Western has always been a popular form. Uh, I will tell you that I've learned over the years that you cannot trust it for its uh, accuracy and its historicity, that is, it, that, is, that is being historically true. Don't get your history from going to Western movies, uh, but, uh, but they are entertaining, like the 410 to Yuma and stuff like that. I, I can't remember who who was in that, but he was a big-time star. But uh, Randolph Scott was the uh, was the, the most popular A-Western guy. But another guy that was in some A-Westerns that I really loved, uh, and he had a radio show and he made a lot of movies, and I will still watch any movie that's got Joel McRae in it. In fact, I just thought out the other night, I think the first movie that I remember seeing, that I remember the title of it, I, not the first one I ever saw, was a movie called Stars in My Crown, starring Joel McRae. Tell us about your Western movies, and you're going to the movies on Saturday morning after this. Today, Monday night, we're starting a new week. We're here every night, Monday through Friday, from 9 to 10, with a live, been alive and in real-time radio, something that's hard to find these days. And uh, uh, My name's Tom Kearney, and I've been hosting this show for a long time, and we try to bring you programs that... Uh, edify and entertain, that is, they teach you something and also are entertaining, and I hope uh, most of them are, I hope tonight's is, because it's a, 
it's what one of what we call our nostalgia shows. It it is an effort to well have open phones for one and draw the audience in and have you tell your story. And my responsibility here is to pick up a, a title or something that you might be interested in, and really it's sort of things that I'm interested in. I'm sitting in a chair. Um, leaning back a little bit, the cat gets up on the back of the chair right behind my head and I close my eyes and I, I become nostalgic. I think about the days of yore, like uh, some of my best days were in college and uh, some of my best days were, I, we talked about thumbing a couple of weeks ago, I enjoyed enjoyed that. I try to make, make most things enjoyable, but I really did, one of the most pleasant times of my life was before the world came crashing in and became too realistic for me, and I could go on Saturday morning and go to the movies. And my sister, who's one year younger than I am, we'd go to the movies, but our friends were down there too, and we would go to the movies, and my friend Walker was telling me today, he, we were talking, I was warming up on him, uh, that uh, I remember this, you'd, you'd, you'd get a 10-cent uh, box of popcorn, which they popped right out front, and... Uh, uh, when you eat, finish the popcorn, you could uh, take it and make it flat, and, and it would be kind of like a Frisbee. And, and I, one day I threw one at the screen of the theater. They didn't want you doing it, but we did it anyway. And uh, it hit one of the cowboys. He was on his horse, and about the second it hit him, he fell off the horse. And uh, the whole theater broke down, and I just felt like maybe I had had, uh, had a good aim or something. But it, it was a, a funny little time. But I enjoyed going to those movies. We saw cowboy movies, and uh, there wasn't a lot of this, you know, movies that come, say, the film starts at a certain time now, and they expect you to be there, and they have an open space. And the films just ran continuously, and, and as Larry, who was just with us, told us, you uh, you uh, could see uh, cowboy movies on Saturday morning. If you If you have a story, and most everybody has a story, my job tonight is to get you to... Uh, Come on down to the front and tell your story. 919 is our area code, 860-9783. And you don't have to have gone to the theater in Raleigh or Clayton or Rocky Mount. You could have gone in Pittsburgh or someplace uh, in Pennsylvania or someplace in Ohio. The theaters were everywhere. Uh, and uh, maybe way across Georgia, wherever you are, you wherever you were when you... Uh, went to the movies. If you went to the movies, tell us your story. And as I said when I started, it was kind of like a religious experience. It was iconic. It was something that you did along with uh, the cowboy movies. And again, you, you need to, to dial up 919-860-9783. By the way, if you have letters on your telephone, works out to be our call letters, WPTF. WPTF, by the way, is AM680 and FM 98.5, and when you set your buttons on your car, remember to put on the, on the AM level 680 and on the FM level 98.5, and you can get us either place. You'll have two chances to get, get the right button. Not only were there cowboy movies, but uh, as Larry pointed out, you got to see a cowboy movie. You usually got to see the previews of the, the coming movies. There was usually a serial, or what my sister and I called the continuing picture. Usually it was 12, sometimes 15 episodes. And it's really where uh, all those movies uh, about Indiana Jones sort of come from. Uh, 
they're a payout, they're a tribute to those kind of movies where after however long the film was, 10, 12, 15 minutes, uh, the hero or the heroine seems to have gotten killed, but uh, next week you find out that they jumped clear just in time. And uh, eventually over 12 or 15 weeks they would get the villain. So you had the serial, you would have a cartoon, and I always wanted it to be a Bugs Bunny cartoon. Many times it wasn't, but usually it was a Warner Brothers cartoon or perhaps MGM, which meant Tom and Jerry. And sometimes you got the news because they, they a lot of people didn't get to see the news then. They could hear it on the radio, but TV wasn't in yet. And so uh, the different studios had their versions of the news. Movie Tone, they'd want to, I think there was one called The March of Time. And then also there was something called a short. And I enjoyed the shorts. People have forgotten about the shorts. But the things that there were shorts about were uh, uh, Laurel and Hardy, a guy named Leon Errol, and uh, the Three Stooges. That's where, where their films. Their films were not feature length. They were usually uh, something put in, run 10, 15 minutes, and it would be entertaining. You got to see all of that. You got to see two movies, and you got to see the previews. You got to see the continuing picture. You got to see the short, and you got to see the cartoon. A pretty good deal. And you, your mom and dad, directly or indirectly, could park you there on Saturday morning. You could see the cowboy movies, the movies of another genre that you were quite often were shown were Tarzan movies. Tarzan movies were eternally. Uh, Shown, there once was a uh, a guy who had written about Edgar Rice Burroughs, who wrote the Tarzan stories. That uh, he believed that there was a if you took the whole world, that there was always a Tarzan movie running somewhere at any particular moment. Uh, and uh, there was Jungle Jim, uh, a man named John Hall played Jungle Jim, and uh, and other character uh, actors like this and that entertained young folks. Uh, so uh, I'd like to hear your story about going to the movies. And uh, and, and sometimes, uh, and the movie ran these on Saturday, and during the week they ran uh, all, all brands, uh, gangster movies uh, of, uh, of B-movies. John, do we have anybody has, who's shown up yet? No calls at this time, Tom. Okay. Well, we need to bang the drums and have you come and tell us your story because surely you must have your story. 919-860-9783. 919-860-WPTF. And there were movies, a lot of gangster movies, the G-Men movies, uh, movies about Dillinger. And, and uh, one of the things that I remembered when I was waxing nostalgic was they one time brought what was supposed to be the car that Bonnie and Clyde were killed in, they was going around the country and they'd park it in front of a, a B-movie theater, certainly not an A-movie theater, and you could see all the bullet holes. Now, whether it was the actual car or not, I was always a little suspect, but people, it drew people to the theaters, and the theater, of course, paid the people who owned it, who had bought it somewhere, whether it was the real car or not, and uh, we would drew them to the theaters. Uh, and they parked it in Goldsboro in front of the Carolina Theater, which was on Center Street, right next to the bicycle rack. Because 
so many of us on Saturday morning rode what my friend called a wheel. There was a day when a bicycle was called a wheel. I got on my wheel and went down there, and you'd park your bicycle. They were all balloon-tired, by the way. I think there were probably three bicycles of the sort that people ride now in Goldsboro that I can remember, and they were owned by well-to-do gentlemen who rode the bicycles to work and were sometimes uh, a source of amusement to the hoi polloi. And this is a true story, but you'll have to find out the story somewhere else. But uh, balloon tire bicycles, I had a Hawthorne. I, I can't remember where it came from. Maybe Montgomery Ward. It did not. J.C. Higgins was the bicycle that came from Sears Roebuck. And so, uh, but I went down to see the car that Bonnie and Clyde and uh, look forward back within many years in the future when, when uh, the Bonnie and Clyde movie would be made. Yeah, I think it was in 1967, and it's regarded as a cult classic now and a movie that changed the way Hollywood looked at things. I actually had a book one time. I uh, gave it to my brother, who's a big, big fan of movies, too. He's from another generation. But I often talk with my sister and my friends about going to the movies and how much entertainment we got out of them. We're talking about going to the movie theater on Saturday morning. We're being nostalgic about that experience when we were young. Before, And this is mostly about the time that television is arriving. And we'll talk a little bit about how these movies made it over to television and a guy named Hopalong Cassidy and so on after we take a break. But I will say that we would still like to hear from you. And we, we would like to have a couple more callers chime in. It would validate our, our existence in the world. 
somebody that we haven't mentioned tonight, a guy named Hopalong Cassidy, and he made uh, uh, B-movies. They were entertainment. They were more, more likely to be interesting to young fellows like myself than uh, people who were interested in Shakespeare. But uh, William Boyd was, was a, a romantic lead in Hollywood, but he got into making cowboy westerns. And one of the things that he did that was interesting, and this, he, he was a, uh, a parallel to Dean Autry, for instance, at the same time as Dean Autry was on, and, uh, and Roy Rogers, very popular, somewhere between B and A actors. And But Boyd, uh, uh, his movies were made, and he bought the rights to all of them. And when television came along, he uh, took those movies and they edited them down into essentially to two pieces. Most, most of those movies were about 90 minutes long running time uh, in the movie theater. And you cut them in half and you got 45 minutes. And they would run those on sometimes in the afternoon. Uh, sometimes they would run them on Saturday morning in an effort to ape what was going on in the movies, to be like what was going on in the movie. So you could get to watch your cowboy movie on in Saturday morning. It would be Hopalong himself. And, uh, and uh, I know the channel that I watched, the very first channel we had in Eastern North Carolina, Channel 9 in Greenville, which is still there, had a program in the afternoon called Cactus Jim. And he would show over uh, an hour or hour and a half, maybe one of these Western, half of one of these Westerns, maybe he would show uh, cartoons. And one of the problems that television had when it started out is it had a lot of time and not much programming. And so they they had to find some fodder, something to feed the, the machine. Fodder is food for cows and horses and so on. And so they had to feed it something. And one of the things that had been made that had been popular in the 30s was the Little Rascals. And they ended up taking the Little Rascal shorts and showing them on uh, on television too, and uh, uh, but they would sometimes be the shorts. I mentioned earlier that the the uh, three stooges were like this. They were the things that would fill out the bill on a Saturday morning at the movies, and so uh, and and westerns uh, were popular on early television. There was a. Production company called Four Star Productions that Alan Ladd was involved in, and other actors, and they produced uh, what not network programs for NBC or CBS. Although they did some for CBS, they did it for syndication, and they didn't have uh, the Jeopardies and the uh, Wheel of Fortune kind of shows in those days. So that period was was occupied by uh, a lot of times westerns or or adventures things. One of my favorite programs along that line was called Robin Hood. It was actually produced in England, but it was, a, I think, a 30-minute program that was shown, as I remember, on Friday nights. Hey, Tom, we have a, a, a guy you think you know. His name is Walker from Maryland. Walker, okay. Walter, are you there, son? I I was there when you when you hit the uh, cowboy with the 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 with popcorn box and was a great hero because he happened to be a guy with a black hat on. And you always hit the guy with the black hat on. Well, do you have an adventure you did, uh, of the of the movies that you remember? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I was just thinking about it as we were strolling down there. You remember, there used to always be this. You know, people had their favorite cowboy, and then there was always this big fight over who was the king of the cowboys. There was the Roy Rogers fans, 
and then the Gene Autry fans. Those are the two big rivals. And they said Gene Autry always, of course, the two of those were singing cowboys. And, but they could still uh, mix it up and shoot them up, but they never shot anybody. Or I don't think they ever killed anybody. They always shot their guns out of their hand. But then the, the rivalry went on to the, uh, people had their favorite sidekick, which went down to uh, uh, Gabby Hayes or Molly Burnett. And then it got so bad that people would uh, get after each other about who was the best horse, champion or trigger. So anyway, that was about the extent of uh, intellectual Saturdays that we had. <laughs> but, uh, there were some fierce partisans about who your favorite cowboy was. I remember one cowboy I haven't mentioned tonight, but there was a guy that had played football for the University of Alabama and was, was pretty good. He was, in fact, I'm trying to remember the, the name. I'm, I'm having a senior moment. Johnny Mac Brown. Johnny Mac Brown, that's right. Yeah, the guy that was the coach at Duke, uh, who the name of the stadium had been the coach at Alabama, he said that Johnny Mac Brown was the best athlete he'd ever coached in his whole career. Made it big in the movies, and then, of course, Audie Murphy was uh, a hero and made it. And then there was a guy named Rex Allen and his, and his horse Coco. Everybody had to know the cowboy and their horse's name. And uh, Rex was a singing cowboy, and his son Rex Allen Jr. became a kind of a big uh, country star. And then Rex Allen went on to do a lot of voiceovers for, for, for Disney, a lot of their nature things and stuff like that. But, uh, but uh, as you said, uh, for a Saturday in eastern North Carolina, that was about, a, you know, uh, as, as, as good as it got as far as getting out into the outside the real world, or such as we thought it was. Well, well we're going to have to go, but we'll have to do this again sometime, because the, the, you know how the media is when the clock ticks on the wall. But thank you for Locked giving in. us a call tonight. I may talk to you a little bit later, okay? All right. Thank you. That, that was my friend Walker Nolan, my soul brother from who uh, went up to Washington to work with Senator Sam Irvin many years ago and stayed and worked uh, in the Congress and, and places like that. But he enjoyed his cowboy movies when we were young, just as I did. Tomorrow night we're going to talk about North Carolina's historic sites.